don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others. When you hit the target, you'll get a reward and that reward will come in the form of money and you can do with that money whatever you choose, but never forget the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It isn't the target itself. Your target is serving others. What are we talking about on the Grow Your Damn Business podcast? We're talking about business, specifically your business. Is it growing or are you stuck? How painful is that growth? Is it running you or are you running it? Are you working in your business or on your business? On the Grow Your Damn Business podcast, we explore these questions and much more. Expect a lively, spirited discussion about what it takes to grow your damn business. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Grow Your Damn Business podcast. Uh, you listeners today are in for just an incredible treat. It is my pleasure to have the author of a number of books, but most famously, The Go-Giver, the one and only Mr. Bob Berg joining us today. Bob, thank you so much for covering some time today and joining the show. Hey, thank you, Scott. Great to be with you. So, so Bob, um, obviously have read the book, working through the, the sales version of the book now. So a uh, very avid follower of yours. I've heard you talk a couple different times. And in our situation, I was the Joe and you're my Pindar. I'm just going to start with there, right? You were kind enough to walk the walk and allow me to reach out to you, uh, make that opportunity up and, and jump on here. So I, I can't thank you enough for really just demonstrating the, the stuff that you talk about and that you have written. It, it really is true uh, that you are a giving person of, of your time and your knowledge. So thank you for that. That's very kind of you. Thank yes. you. So the book is 15 years old, right? The original of the book came out yep. 15 years ago. Where did the idea start from? This guy, just a little origin story of the go-giver and the concepts that are in there. Where's that? The, where's the beginning? Yeah, so many years ago, this is back in the uh, the mid '90s. Uh, I had my first book out. It was called Endless Referrals, and the subtitle was Network Your Everyday Contacts into Sales. It was really a, a book for entrepreneurs and salespeople who knew they had a great product or service. They knew it added tons of value to their customers and clients, but they didn't necessarily feel comfortable going out into their local communities and creating the kinds of relationships with people that would cause people to want to do business with them directly and or refer them to others. So Endless Referrals was basically a, a system, which of course, you know, in uh, uh, EOS, you know exactly what a system is. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, I, I define a system as simply the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles, the key being predictability. Uh, if it's been proven that by doing A, uh, you'll get the desired results of B, then you know you just need to follow A and you're going to get the desired results of B. It's one reason why uh, we suggest EOS to so many people because right. we know it's uh, right. That works. It's a, yep. it's a system. It's a, and so, so basically endless referrals was a how-to system for creating new business. And, uh, you know, it was a traditional how-to book. And I, I'd always, since I'd been in sales, had always loved reading parables. Uh, parables are stories. They, yep. I think stories connect on a, with people on a deeper heart-to-heart -heart type level, right? And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could take the basic premise of endless referrals, which was that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust and put that into a parable form. So, yeah, it was an idea I kind of sure. toyed around with for for quite a few years, and then 
uh, in the early 2000s, I started writing a column for a a, a, a niche-specific magazine, and the editor-in-chief was John David Mann. And uh, even back then, he had a great reputation as a fantastic writer. He certainly was a great editor. And, uh, you know, I shared this idea with him uh, and, and just said, you know, I'd, I'd love to do this with you and have you be the lead writer and storyteller. I mean, I'm a speaker. I can tell a story from stage, right. but that's different from writing a parable, you know, a work of that's basically fiction, even though it's based on true principle. And uh, he, uh, you know, fortunately uh, agreed to do that. And, and that's really how, how The Go-Giver came about. And yeah. now we have, you know, four books in the series. Yeah, and and each each adding to that, and I, I love the the idea there, and, and the parable format, it does make it easier to digest. Lencioni has adopted that, right, and he's done done great work with that. Yeah, I mean, great great stuff there. And and frankly, I think Gino, which a retraction, went back and did something similar with Get a Grip, right? Went back and did that because it is when you have the academic side, which is critical and lays the framework of it, but ultimately being able to see how that's relatable and sharing the story and have someone is experiencing it is, is so, so valuable. When, this book is a book's a rocket ship, right? So when did you know you had something, right? So you, the book was out there. You had this idea, you know, you have the support, someone helping you pull it together. But when did you say, okay, wait a second, this may be more than what I thought it could ever be? Well, John and I had a feeling it was going to be well-received in the marketplace. We thought the time was right for it, that the message was the, the kind of the right message at the right time. I don't know if you ever really know it's going to hit that big, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, there's, yeah, a, yeah. there's so much that goes into that, uh, such as the people who get a hold of it and decide to share it with others. <laughs> yeah. And that's really what happened. And what was interesting to us is that our first wave of, of email correspondence, if you will, were the ones who, you know, they were already applying these five laws long before the go came out and okay. they would tell us this is how I built my business this is how I built my empire this is how I built my sales team this is how we you know we but they would say nobody on my team believes me yeah it's so funny <laughs> because remember yeah. most people have been brought up with the belief system that to succeed in business you've got to be ruthless and step on toes no and yeah so is it intuitive for those folks, do you think, when you talk to them? Like, was that? Some pro it probably was with some and with others. They learned it from someone who they, you know, were mentored by and 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 what have you. And and so, you know, what these people were doing is they were buying the books in dozens, hundreds, Ooh. some in thousands, and they were sharing them with their teams and with sure. the people they knew and people they were mentoring. Well, now the next wave, six months later, of correspondence comes in, and that's from the people who wrote and said, I was given this book by a mentor of mine or, you know, whatever. Now I'm, you know, seeing a new way to do, you know, I, I mean, so that's kind of how that happened. And, and it just sort of spread like that. Yeah. 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 Well, that, and that's, that's the way one happened. And, and it has that kind of, kind of, kind of impact just, just to share with you. I've obviously heard you just speak uh, and just rereading it again. I went back through and said, I'm actually moving how I'm measuring my work differently wow. than now. Through that, I've actually gone back and redone my scorecard, and I'm actually trying to capture these are the number of people I'm intending to serve over the next period of time, and, and how am I going across that? You hear here we actually have a value at EOS, right? Help first, and we talk about that, but just the way that you've framed up the conversation and, and taken Joe, the, the lead character, through 
his journey in, in the book. I don't know, that, it just, that just hit home with me, really, really hit home and hit art. So uh, very, very top of mind for me right now. So folks get it, right? Uh, some got it intuitively. Some saw it for the first time and said, oh, I'm going to change my ways or this is a better way or, or, or all that. When you hear back from people who are struggling, so they get the book and they go, eh, this doesn't work, or eh, not for me. You know, what are the things they say to you that, that are the, the non-believers or ones that, that, is, that I'm not, not going to abide by these, these things that you're putting out there? It just doesn't, doesn't work in my business, my industry yeah. for me. Sure. Well, so if it's a if it's a non-believer, they're probably not going to read the book in the first. Yeah. Okay. And remember, you know, we all come from our own set of beliefs and our own set of individual unique experiences based on everything from upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television, you know, yeah, what have you. So if somebody has been brought up to think a certain way, and uh, you know, they they are introduced to something that that kind of is a a pattern interrupt something that totally is opposite of what they they may just say no this is not something i'm interested remember unless someone is aware that there's an issue they're not going to take steps to do something about it they can't they don't realize there's an issue so if this person who and and maybe has had some success doing things in a way that that is what we would call more go taker ish than go giver ish right okay and they've had some some success. Um, they're thinking, well, I'm already doing all right, you know. And this is what they know, and this, and yeah. and they may sense that there might be a way that they could make their success a little uh, more sustainable, or or even more profitable, or more whatever. But if they're not willing to take a look, they're just not going to take a look. And there's not a, a whole lot you can you can do with that. But the people who who let's say, you know, make a study of of the book, if you will, or of the principles. And then they say, wow, but it's not working for me. Why? I'm, I'm giving so much value to people and I'm doing... It typically comes down to one of two things. And this is a, about 100% of the time. And that <laughs> is, one, they believe they are providing or giving value to others, okay? But they're not from the other person's point of view. So... When we look at value, what okay. what does value? Because we always hear this term sure. now, right? Yeah, yeah, value, and it's a value. What does that mean? Well, we know price is a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. It's finite. It is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, right. of something, to the end user or beholder. In other words. What is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to another right. person that they will willingly exchange their money or their time or their energy or their, you know, what have you, for yeah. this and be glad they did, okay? But here's the part we have to really remember. Value is always in the eyes of the beholder. It's not what we think is of value or what we think they should think is of value what they think is a value. So typically that person who tells them, oh, but I'm giving so much to other people. Well, you're giving in a way that you see it as being valuable, right. but you didn't necessarily take the time to discover their needs, their wants, their desires, their challenge, their belief system, their ways, of, right? Okay, so yeah. that's, that's typically one. For sure. The other reason could be have to do with the fifth law, which is the law of receptivity. And it might be that this person uh, has put up roadblocks, you know, mental blocks, mental roadblocks that they 
They may have a distorted view or a, an anti-prosperity mindset, again, based on the the anti-prosperity messages that the world around us shoots at us for again and again, all over, right? And yeah. so you never know. So they may be self-sabotaging or they may just, I don't know because I don't know the person, but I can usually, right. through doing a diagnostic, <laughs> I can pretty right. much pretty quickly you tell. Right, right. So I, so I think that's really what it is. So, you know, when we say, well, there's no doubt that these five laws work, it's not because John and I believe for a minute that we invented them. I mean, these are just principles, universal laws and principles yeah. that work. They've, been, they've worked uh, since time immemorial, since at least as far as back as there have been market economies. Yeah. These have worked. And the people who have utilized them often, as you were saying earlier, they may have done it intuitively, not even know that's what they were really doing and others learned. But yeah. yeah, if you utilize the five laws, the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity, yeah, it, it has to work. So let's just talk a little bit more about that value because it obviously it is critical. It's a it's a bit of know your audience, but but it's but it's it's beyond that, right? So when you have someone that comes to you and you've given a presentation, they have another question for you and they think they're giving, but 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 it's not not landing, right? It's not being received. What right. are some of those common things that are tripping up? But I, I don't know if you can maybe think of even a certain example, omitting names, but that where you've heard you're not a taking the other person's perspective into this as you're doing it, where, where someone is, is of the mind where they think they are giving something, but it actually is not of value yeah. to the recipient. Okay. So, so there's two different places where, where this would happen, and we can approach whichever one you'd like. One is in the relationship building, follow-up, follow-through process as you're <laughs> building that know, like, and trust. Okay. Yep. The other is in the sales presentation it, it itself. So let me let me go first to just in a sales presentation. Yeah, let's start there. That's a great one. Because I think this that. is a good story. Yeah. Uh, I was I needed to buy a new copying machine because I, this is years ago. I had moved out of my traditional office space into my home. When I what I like to call Berg Imperial International Headquarters, also known as my spare bedroom. <laughs> exactly. Right. Okay. So I didn't need the big copying machine that we used to have, but so I I looked around and and, and saw there was a thing, it was a nice looking little machine, it would look pretty good and blah, 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 and I could keep it right next to the desk and everything. So I called, had, asked them to send a salesperson over. And they sent over a gentleman and a, a woman who was with him who he was uh, apparently training, and I guess he was a sales manager. And this is how they you know, introduced themselves to me. So he's doing the presentation. And, and so I'm, I'm asking some questions, and, and one of them, uh, now you got to know with me, I am not a techie. Okay. I've got like 10 left thumbs, okay? <laughs> I can't okay. fix anything, and I don't, I don't want to. We, we share that, by the way. I, I have yeah. uh, said that many a time. My, my best tool is normally just finding the right person to pay exactly. for their skill set. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what I do best. Yeah. So, so with the, the machine we had at my last office, you had to every month, call in or do, it wasn't call in, it was do something through the jigamabob on the computer thingy, right. copying machine to say how many copies of what, whatever it was. Well, my office manager did that. I didn't have uh, And she was fine with it. So I wanted to make sure that wasn't going to be the case with this new one. So I asked the question, I said, you know, uh, let me ask you this. Do I need to, you know, do this thing where I have to on the computer, put in the thing, you know, whatever. And he said, well, here's the thing. The price we're offering on this machine is so amazing 
that anything you'd have to do that you don't want, you know, makes it, will make it worth it. And yeah. I went, well, I appreciate that. Right. But does that mean I will then have to do? And he goes, well, here's the thing though. We've put together special pricing. Okay. And he kept going back to that. Now, here's yeah. the thing. There are people who buy for different reasons. Now, there are price buyers, but sure. very seldom is that the is that the end all be all. I mean, there there are those, but they're very few and far between when it comes right down to it. Typically, it is not a price issue. It's a value question. Okay. Um, so, but there are price buyers. I'm not wow. one of them. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to pay more for something than sure. I have to. Right. Uh, you want to be but good it's steward not the thing, of the money. Right? It's not what's right. of value to you, right? That's, I mean, not, but, yeah. but that's not my highest value. That's I'm right. willing to pay more because I, I am a convenience buyer. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Now there's can, price buyers, there's con, convenience buyers, there's status buyers, you know, there's tech buyers. They want the bells and whistles. You know, there's all sorts of things. He was not paying attention to what I was obviously asking. Uh, yeah. And what I, I, I wanted the convenience of knowing it was going to just be there. I could use it. Boom. Now, if that wasn't the right machine, okay, fine. That I didn't want something that, well, he just kept going, this kept going back and forth about me trying to ask these questions and him coming back with price. So fine. And now the, the woman who was with him wasn't saying anything, which was, was right because yeah. you, you, you either observed the presentation or what have you. And, um, but finally she saw that this sale was just, this presentation was just about to end with a, a polite no. Right. And she said, Mr. Berg, if we could guarantee uh, on the contract that you would not have to do the sending in the blah, blah, you know, whatever it is. She said, uh, would you want to have this? And I said, oh yeah, well, I would, I would lease it right now if we, if we could. And so, yeah, she, they yeah. Did, she, she was she listening to, to what was going she on. Was listening right. to what yeah, I, right? Absolutely. right. She was giving value to me the yes. way I wanted that value. Yeah. Right. But, and that, so that's a very, that's a very simple, you know, it's like, yeah. I, when I speak to, uh, you know, somebody, in, uh, when I, if I speak to a real estate group, I'll say, have you ever noticed sometimes if a, a realtor is showing a buyer a home and they're in the living room and the realtor says, you know what I love most about this living room? And of course, the answer is who cares? <laughs> exactly. Because it's what the buyer likes That's most about the doing. Yeah. Right. So those are the kind of things <laughs> sure. I- Sure. <laughs> yeah. But show right up there, right, right in face that I- Certainly for- Seriously, I have this one memory, by, so my father- was going to to buy a vehicle and he took me with him. I was not yet driving, so early teens, whatever, to kick the vehicle and he knew what he wanted. And, and I, once my father knew what he wanted, he's like, okay, this is what I'm going to get. I want to get it today because convenience was king. And sometimes buying a car, it can be, you know, <laughs> run out. So we get there and the salesperson starts with, I'd like to get you in this car today because we're running a contest and the contest ends tomorrow. So I'd like to get <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, it's always stuck with me. I mean, obviously, right, this is now 30, 40 years ago, probably 40 years ago at this point. I'm like, holy cow, like lesson number one. And that just a little bit of listening, a little few questions, understanding can, can go a long way. Uh, just absolutely. Yeah. He was, he was so focused on himself. Absolutely. That, There's yeah. no room. There's no room for it. No room for it. Um, I, 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 I wrote this question down. I have no idea if you have any way to understand it, so I'm just throwing it at you. But obviously, the, the main characters there in the story, Joe, who's going through this journey to really understand what it means to be a go-giver, and Pindar, the mentor, walking him through all the people that he's talked to over the course of time. Mm -hmm. So Pindar is his mentor or tutor. Have you ever mm -hmm. thought of the ratio of Joe's to Pindar's in your time in do doing this and, and how prevalent the Joe's are versus the... I would assume the minority of the pinners. Have you ever thought of it that framework or idea? And as you've as you've talked to groups or or shared your story on various platforms, 
Well, I think there. I think we all start out as Joes. Okay. Right, and then yeah. we, you know, if we if we listen and we learn and we seek out mentorship and we, you know, continue to grow and continue to learn, uh, you know, eventually, then we become maybe a Pindar to yeah. a, a few Joes. But yeah. I, I think there's always more Joes than there are Pindars because you know we're pretty much like anything else. It starts out at that at that foundational base. Yeah, the wiring's there, right? The wiring for the for the Joe is what is most common. That's why I asked sure. that question earlier. It's like, for those that, that you know, either figured this out of their own or just intuitively said, well, this is just who I'm going to be as a person and I'm going to mm-hmm. do this way. And then you get, can put some of the terminology to it. Yeah. Joe just had to learn the importance of shifting his focus. Yeah. And his focus needed to be, you know, I like to say we need to be uh, internally motivated, but outwardly focused. Well, yeah. you know, and, and we talk about law number three, the law of influence. Your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Now, there's nothing about this that said, you know, I guess I, I need to probably qualify this. When we say place the other person's interests first, we don't mean you should be a, a doormat yeah, or yeah. a martyr or self-sacrificial in any, any way, shape, or form. It, it's understanding human nature, and that is that nobody is going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. Okay. Yeah. Right. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money or you're in a contest yeah. or, or even just because you're a really nice person. They're going to buy from you because they believe that they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And that's the only reason why anyone should buy from you or from me or from, from anyone else. Because of that, it makes absolute logical, rational sense to actually put our interests to the side yeah. and focus totally and absolutely on that person. And that, that what you just said there leads right into your your law of compensation, right? It, and and really, I know these are all very much intertwined and, and overlap. But let's just since you, we fit on a few, let's talk about the law of compensation because I um, I did I did watch your interview with Glenn Beck and, and saw a little bit about what you did with him and, and oh, shared okay. this and this was a real really interesting conversation. So if you would, let's just share for a little bit and expand upon the law of compensation, what that means because it is a, it's a different date. I mean, in all yeah. reality, if you haven't if you haven't read it or Seeing Bob speak, uh, it's a, it's a different take on it, and, and it will make you rethink how you get paid, so to speak. So I'll let you let you take Bob. Sure. So uh, thank you. Well, the law of compensation says your income is determined by how many people you serve, as well as how well you serve them. So law number one, the law of value, is all about the experience you provide another person, not just the intrinsic value of your product or service, as important as that is but yep. the entire experience, okay? And so that, that's powerful. They need to, to feel as though they've received much more in value, remember, relative worth or desire than what they paid while you make a very healthy profit. And <laughs> John David Mann and I often say that money is simply an echo of value, right? It's the thunder, that. if you will, yeah, to values yeah. lightning. Uh, so the, in other words, the focus needs to be on them. The money you receive is simply a natural result of the value you've provided. Okay. That's law number one. Okay. Law number two, okay, is all about impact. Okay. How many people you serve? So this is where Nicole, one of the mentors in the story told Joe, the protege that, you know, law number one, the law of value represents your potential income, but law number two represents your actual income because it's all about how many people's lives do you touch? Yeah. Right. Yeah. With that, with that back to you. Right. Not enough to serve just one person. Yeah. Right. You've got to be able to impact 
the lives of, of many people. That's why, I, you know, we're big believers in a referral-based business. Now, again, Endless Referrals, that was my first book, right? Sure, right. So, so you know, why referrals? Well, there's I, I think there are many benefits of a referral, working with a referral-based prospects, but, but right off the top, number one is it's simply easier to set the appointment because yeah. you're going in on borrowed influence, right? Right. But number two, price is less of an issue. Now, that doesn't mean it's a non-issue or, or not an issue. Um, but it's much less because again, you're going in on borrowed influence, borrowed trust. Mm -hmm. So you come in mm -hmm. with a certain amount of gravitas. Now you mm -hmm. can sell on high value rather than low price. When you sell on low price, you're a commodity. Right. Yeah. When you sell on high value, you're a resource. Go ahead. I was going to, well, I had a question for you. I, I, have you. Have you ever calculated this? How many people have you impacted? Have you ever thought about that between? The, the books and the speeches and the pre have you ever gone back and said, cause I mean, you are, you are in this, in the role of Bindar in this space, right? And you are the one out Thank there you. that, is, that, is, that is sharing this and doing it. But have you, ever, have you ever gone back and said, wow, I mean, the impact here has been, I mean, it's exponential from maybe where you even thought it was ever going to be. Right? Have you ever thought about that? How many people you've impacted? I don't know uh, as far as numbers, but it's just, it's always great to have Jay. someone, you know, say that to me yeah. or something or, or someone comment and, uh, and so forth. And uh, so, I mean, there's no greater thrill. Sure. You think about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, so it's, sure. That sure. people, that people serve number is, uh, it's continuing to churn. Let's just put it that way. So like, like they used to do the, that <laughs> way, like they used to do the number of burgers served at McDonald's is always a better. <laughs> I mean, your people serve number that it's continuing to, to roll on there. And so, um, well, we've covered four of the five. Let's last, the last one, the, the, the value of authority. So just Walk me through the law of authority because we just have, we have touched on the others. I want to give a chance just to hear oh, yeah. all five. Authenticity. So, no, sorry, sorry. One. Authenticity. Wrote it down. No, right. it's okay. The, yeah. the, the, the law of authenticity says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. <laughs> now, in this part, uh, Deborah Davenport uh, uh, shared a lesson that basically all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they are <laughs> all indeed right. very, very important. They're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core but when you do yeah. when you show up as yourself day after day week after week month after month people feel good about you they feel comfortable with you they feel safe with you because they know who they're getting now i would like to to say this that it seems as though the word authenticity has sort of been almost hijacked a little bit maybe in the day of social media it's come to mean having no boundaries, right. just saying or doing whatever you want. And that's okay because at least you're authentic. And I, I disagree with that. Uh, you know, this would be like the person who says, well, I have anger issues and I yell at people a lot. Yeah. And if I were to act any differently, that wouldn't be authentic of me. That's malarkey. It simply means that person has an authentic problem right. uh, that they need to authentically work on in order <laughs> right. to become a better, higher, authentic version right. of, of themselves. I define uh, authenticity very simply, and that is acting congruently with your values. And I yeah. think if you do that, you're really on the right track. That's authentic. Well, and, and knowing what those values are, right? First and foremost, know that know what those values are. Know know what you're about, who you are, what what you're bringing to the table, and then being able to act in that way. Uh, one, well, just one one last question. So, you, you write a book. The book becomes a movement, right? And, and where you are today is really it's much broader than just the stories you tell and the other books you've been able to read. Just tell about some of the things that you're doing now to just expand 
that impact and, and what you've been able to, to bring to the table beyond just folks reading the book and, and you getting a chance to, to talk about the lessons that, that you laid out in there? Yeah, well, my brilliant business partner, Kathy Tajanel, uh, she and I have really developed a, uh, several different areas. One is that we have a certified GoGiver speaker program, which is a licensing program for people who want to take the message to where they are, become professional speakers, learn how to earn a living speaking, and they want to do it on the topic of the GoGiver and, and so forth. So that's one thing. We have a um, GoGiver Success Alliance online mentorship community where we meet once a week online and all of us successful people from all different fields and we collaborate and we we problem solve and we strategize and so forth. And then uh, something very special and a lot, a lot of fun that, that Kathy and I do, we hold these about once a month uh, and that is in, right here in Jupiter, Florida. So I don't have to get on a plane and travel anywhere, which is which is nice. Yeah. And that is what we call the Go-Giver Beyond the Mastermind Retreat. And this is something where we limit it to just eight people. So eight very successful people, usually different businesses, get together over the course of two days uh, at a beautiful resort in Jupiter. And again, it's like a, it's just a mind-blowing type of thing where everybody gets an hour for themselves specifically, but it's really the rest of, you know, going through everybody's issues and plans. And it's, again, it, it, the successful people who just want to get to that next level. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, EOS gets brought up during every one of these <laughs> too, by the way, because we just love the, you know, I found out about EOS because I was speaking for a, uh, I was speaking at a conference at a convention, a national convention for a company. And before I was up, I was watching the, you know, the panel discussion beforehand. And this company had like five people on the panel and all of them, this is years ago, and they were just singing the praises of EOS how it changed everything and the company and the people they work with. And, and so I asked the person who was my host at the thing, I said, I know. And they said, I said, tell me about this. And they told me about Gino and the book traction. I, said, I can't believe I have not read because I've read everything. You know, <laughs> it's what I do. I read, I learn. I do. Right? <laughs> That's right. And, right. Uh, and so I just tore into that book and I, you know, before I was partway through, I called my business partner, Kathy. I said, have you ever heard of it? She goes, no. What? I said, you've got to get this book. And since then, we've been like huge ambassadors and you know, awesome. it's like, because yeah, no, you guys you are awesome. Sure. <laughs> there you go again, sharing of yourself. You just, you can't, you cannot stop it. It's fantastic. And I appreciate you saying, saying those kind of words. I'm obviously a uh, huge fan of and you know, uh, we have a similar look about us, which is nice every now and then that happens. Yeah, I, that's I, right. I, you do, <laughs> don't you? I get confused from one time. I, the, the person who confused me was sorely disappointed that I couldn't offer the same amount of wisdom that you know was bringing to the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I saw your post, I would say it, it, and the Daily Impact is also something that I would strongly recommend for folks oh, to go in there that, and, and sign up for that. I mean, I, I get that every day. That there's just great thank stuff you. in there, great reminders, and um, look, it's a, it's Appreciate a lot it. to take in. You're living it every day, but I, the, what you get from that, it's a great, just a daily dose of thank a, you. Re, a reminder, right? You may have read this book a few months ago, but reminder, or a few years ago, but it's there to... To, to give you that the, that little taste. And uh, I find it to be very, very valuable. So strongly, strongly recommend folks grab that as well. Thank you. Yeah, great stuff. Bob, this has been a treat. I, I can't thank you enough for the time that you, that you spent. And, uh, you know, obviously encourage folks if you have not done so already. You just got to go out there, grab the book, listen to the book, whatever it is. But it <laughs> is, it, 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 it's a, it's easy to read, easy to digest, and it will make an impact on you one way or the other. That, that, I'm, that I'm sure of. Um, 
Bobby, before you. we let Jeff look, though, we're going to do our five fast questions because we're going to make sure we get to know a little bit about you. You're so generous to share your time. So first and foremost, do you have a favorite sports team or athlete that you follow? I, I'd say Miami Marlins is my is my favorite sports team. Uh, and there's a you know there's a bunch of the players who I have a lot of admiration for, so I don't think I could pick one. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down team. If what would you eat if it was the last meal that you were ever going to eat? Your guilt-free last meal. What's the favorite? Wow. Okay, this is going to sound kind of strange. It would be a, a pizza with lots of the pizza sauce, no cheese, really, and onions and green peppers. Hell about that. That doesn't. I, I've had it all. I had. I had cereal. I had Skittles. I had Reese's Pieces. So you know, you never know what's going to tempt someone. Reese's Pieces. <laughs> well, Reese's Reese's peanut butter cups. cups right, would... the cups. Yeah, just go go with the original. Go with the original. Um, you've had an opportunity to move around. I know you don't travel as much as you used to, but do you have a dream vacation spot or, or a place that uh, either you've been and like to get back to, or maybe never been, but it's out there on the bucket list for you? Uh, you know, I I kind of live in the the town that people save all year to come to for, <laughs> you for do. a week. Yes. yes. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy here. <laughs> Excellent. I, I grew up in Massachusetts, by the way. Oh, um, we didn't even cover that crazy. part of town. Yeah. We're part of, we're part of uh, Massachusetts. Well, I grew up in what was back then, because I'm 65, you know, so I'm kind of an old guy now, but I grew up in what was then a small town, Natick, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. A great, great town, great place to grow up. Uh, now I understand, though, it's a it's probably still a great place, but it's a huge part of the whole metro, you know, huge area. I, I believe um, I ran what? through, I ran the Boston Marathon once and I, I, ran, I you ran, ran through Natick, yes. And you I, ran I, through, I uh, I, I, 35, uh, you know, I just, I can't even remember. Yeah. I, I think I, it's Route 35 I, or something. I was in the middle of it. I don't know. My head was down. I was just trying to, just yeah, trying to get it done. Yeah, <laughs> Many moons ago, but uh, yeah, I did that once. one. Went through Natick. But yeah, the cold, cold weather I don't like so yeah. much. Uh, and so I, I, I've been down here for 35 years now. And Perfect. I, I love it. Of course, uh, I was a Red Sox fanatic growing up, but I, I still am. I, even though I, I've le left the area and I'm out here on the in Arizona. Oh, did you I, grow up there too? I grew up in Connecticut and I lots of family in Massachusetts, so I'm New England through and through. So I didn't I didn't leave my teams behind, even though I no longer live in the area. That's that's my team. Mm -hmm. That's my team. Do you have a favorite movie that you like to rewatch? Do you have a rewatchable movie or a TV show oh, that you always go back to? Well, uh, yeah, you know, some of my favorites, uh, you know, are Fletch was mm. you know was a Great one. Great one. Shank Redemption, of course. Is my number one. Look at, who knew we had all this in common, Bob? I didn't even know yeah. this. I love Shawshank. That's mine. Yeah. That's always mine. That's awesome. Blazing Saddles was, you know, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, so that, you know, you typically, if, if typically if I can laugh, I enjoy it. Perfect. But there are certain, certainly ones that are more serious that, you know, had a big effect on me. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah. Good stuff. And then, then finally, you shared so much with us, but do you have some, maybe something from outside which what that you've written yourself, but a, a piece of advice or a quote that you like to share, even maybe beyond some things that that, you, that something you've read along the way that you kind of go back to time again? You know, I think that that one of the greatest pieces of advice I ever got was from a person uh, that, uh, back my friend Dondi Scumachi, uh, who's a great leadership uh, speaker and practitioner. We 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 call these drive-by mentors. Mm -hmm. It's a person who just happened to come along at the right time. You didn't necessarily have a relationship with them. You didn't, but they happened to give you some advice you were open for and ready to receive, and it made a big difference. And it was you know, probably 38 years ago because I started in sales about 40 years ago, and I'd been in a couple of years, <laughs> hence right. the 38. And and I was in a sales slump and my focus was was on getting out of the slump instead of serving my customers. Yep. So I was doing a downward spiral type of thing. And he, he, he said to me one day, he said, you know, Berg, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, 
don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others. Then he said, you know, when you hit the target, you'll get a reward and that reward will come in the form of money and you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It isn't the target itself. Your target is serving others. And, you know, Scott, that's when I think it really hit me. Sure. Yeah. The great salesmanship is never about the sales. Great salesmanship is never about the product or service, as important as those are. That's never what the sale is about. Great salesmanship is about the other person. It's about that person whose life you're trying to, to add value to. We might even say it's about that, that person whose life is better just because you are part of it. And I think that when we can come at sales and business and entrepreneurship from that foundational premise, I think really then we're nine steps ahead of the game yeah. in a 10-step game. That, that, that is a powerful stuff and a, and a fantastic way to, to wrap this up and uh, really, really a lot for that I continue to think about it. And hopefully those that get a chance to listen to this can think about that as well and what, what they can take about it and how what your focus is and understanding what the true focus really should be. Bob, great stuff. I appreciate it. I know you kept you a little bit longer than we had talked about, but thank yeah, you right. so much for your time. <laughs> I really enjoyed this conversation. You're a giving person and giving your time today. I'll always remember it. So thank you so much, sir. Thank you, Scott. It was a pleasure. All right. Have a great day. The Grow Your Damn Business podcast is hosted by Scott Goodrich, a professional EOS implementer. To learn more about EOS and how it might help grow your damn business, you can email Scott at scott.goodrich at eosworldwide.com or check out his website at www.eosworldwide.com forward slash Scott hyphen Goodrich. Thank you for listening to the Grow Your Damn Business Podcast. If you found this conversation valuable, subscribe to our YouTube channel and find us on your favorite podcast platform. We will see you next week on the Grow Your Damn Business Podcast.